Morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Good news is it's a Thursday, Chuck. Feels like a Tuesday. It's actually Thursday. End of the week. Right around the corner. Yeah, Chuck, you mail it in. First of all, I never mail it in, but it is. It's that weird week post-holidays, that little three-day week. And then next Monday, full-fledged, 100%, everybody right back to it for 2019. Doing it right here on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. All All new. All in, baby. All new, all in. It's the Midday Grind, 590 The Fan. It's about 12.06. We've got a Blues game tonight. They're hosting... T.J. Oshie in the Washington Capitals, if you're a Blues exec or a Blues fan. And I know Oshie was extremely popular. Would you undo the deal? And I'm sure Solomon remembers, but I think it was Phoenix Copley, Copley, the goalie guy. Troy Brower was the main piece. You only had him for a year. You got to the conference final. Gives you one of the more memorable games in franchise history. Getting the goal to beat the Blackhawks. I would say you'd do it again. Yes. If you're a Blues fan. Because you did. If, if the Brower thing, if you'd gone nowhere that year, and with Oshie, you weren't able to break through. Not his fault, but he was here. They kept getting knocked out in the first round. So with Oshie's return, we walked down memory lane, Chuck. Summer of 2015, would you undo the trade? I would not. You also had the situation there. TJ Oshie. Hitch. We love him, but with Hitch, kind of uh, outwardly talking about maybe too many meetings and all that. It seemed like there was some <laughs> friction there. And then I'm thinking, or or knowing, you're not going to make that deal if they really wanted to sign Oshie long-term. Correct. So I'm guessing that was their plan anyway, and they got Brower for a year. We had a fun season, get to the Final Four. It was better than it's nice. Been it was better than nice. Better than nice. And you know what? It's a cliche. Sometimes it works out for both parties. Oshie having a great career, making money, winning a cup. Probably worked out better for him. I would say yes. That's sort of the, the way it works when you leave the Blues. Anybody that leaves the Blues tends to work out pretty well. One of these years. A cup or two. Strick said, oh, what, in seven, the next seven or seven. eight? Well, he was at eight, and that was going into this year, so let's just take this one off the oh, table. Oh, we can recalibrate. Ask him again on Friday. Reassess the Blues Stanley Cup clock. It's in the next seven years. <laughs> I think this one gets taken off the table. Fair? That's fair. Probably not winning a cup. And at this point, I think for your chances to win a cup in the next now seven years, it's probably better (laughs) to not make the playoffs this year, get a nice player early, whether it's Jack Hughes or somebody else at the top of the draft, have a quick little rebuild, reload, and then boom, next seven years, let's get one. Lose chances of winning the cup um, as we sit here today, January 3rd. Oh, this is good because normally we do playoff percentage. Of winning the cup. This is a little more specific. I'm going to say 0.5%. Is 1% possible? I'll say 1%. 0.1% of winning the Stanley Cup. So you're telling tenth, me there's a chance. A tenth of a percent. I will say to add to the Ochi conversation, in 30 playoff games with the Blues, he accumulated 
only nine postseason points, five goals, four assists. He became kind of the obvious <laughs> scapegoat for previous postseason failures. Backus was too, though. You remember this? Look, we love our guys, and sometimes after the fact, we kind of we talk glowingly about about players, and I totally get that. We all said that about Backus until that last year, right? Wasn't that part of the narrative with Oshie, with Backus, and kind of that core? And then they get to the Final Four, of course, Western Conference Final, Backus leaves. And again, we love these guys, but I feel like we kind of complain about all of these players when they're here, and then when they leave, and we maybe don't remember the entire content. No, I think we like the trade. You got Brower. They needed to be a heavier team. They needed a guy who'd won a cup like Troy Brower, so they got... I'm just saying it's fun to look back. I'm not whining and crying, oh, why'd we let Oshie go? I do that about Bacchus. That's different. Every other year, though. Heavy one year, fast yes. the next. Heavy one year, fast the but next. But you almost have to be in the playoffs to come out of it and like, boy, who got you this year? How did they get you? And that's when you make the assessment. <laughs> well, they were just a lot faster than us. We got to get faster. And then the next year, like the Kings come in with <laughs> Daryl Sutter, and they just grind you into the grind like, Clearly, we weren't heavy enough. But if you're not in the playoffs getting bounced, I don't know if you have that same discussion every year. Because it's like, who knocked you out? Kind of everybody. And they were they were faster and they were heavier. It was sort of a combination of you both. got to get faster and stronger. Correct. But fair to say that was kind of that era. The Kings had a little mini dynasty. Even that San Jose team that beat the Blues, pretty heavy, right? But and it does fast. Seem they like, were heavy and fast. That's true. And then, of course, you have the superstars of the Penguins. You have superstars with the Blackhawks. You kind of ran into, especially in the Western Conference, two mini dynasties there. The Blues were really good, but the Kings and the Hawks were just better, and it seemed like they were always playing those teams in the first round. They were kind of like the Pacers back in the day, always kind of running into just a slightly better Eastern Conference team. And before that, they would run into the Red Wings or run into the Avalanche when those teams would always... The team that beat them for a while always went on to win the Stanley Cup. So there was that. There's that. Blues and Capitals tonight. Blues have lost three straight at home. Goals against... In the league, they're 27th. Goals for, they're 23rd. So Better? not really hanging their hat on anything. But we wish them the best. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Cartier Gordon did make it official. A lot of I think we expected this yesterday because of the slightly cryptic tweet. He did make it official today, tweeting out, this is the Billikens power forward, the freshman from Webster Groves, who hinted at his exit. He made it official today saying, due to personal issues with my family, and focusing on what's best for me and furthering my career, I have decided to ask for my release from the St. Louis U men's basketball program. It was a tough decision for me. This is one that I have to make to reach my goal and become the player I'm going to be. I thank the entire SLU community from players and coaches for being there, challenging me every single day to become better. To teachers and staff members and fans who brought me in with loving arms and gave me a lot of memorable a lot of rememberable moments, reading it as written, rememberable moments. I'll never forget. It was an honor wearing the Billikens jersey, being part of such a great program and going to war on the court with those guys. They will be missed. I will wish them, I wish them all the best. Sounds really sad. It's a sad idea. After your four years, it's emotional when you leave a program and you put your blood and guts what, into it. 13 games? <laughs> oh, what's that? That sounds more like a senior yes, saying does. goodbye. Yes. Thank you, coaches. Thank you, fans. Like the Mizzou kids the other day that finished their year. Hey, we're, we wish we would have ended with a win, but it's been a great run. Thanks to everybody for being there along the way. Um, it's a little weird. You were there it's for all, one semester. Yeah, that's, you were there one semester. Just say, I'm out of here. To be fair, 
I don't agree with with that uh, that tweet, but it does seem like he has been a Billiken for about three years. Don't you think? Just because when he committed kind of early, he was the big-time recruit. We all talked about him. This is just disappointing on so many levels. And the fact that he was playing a lot. Look, he was a top 70 recruit coming out of uh, Webster Groves, winning two state championships. Uh, I think he was the 68th recruit in the country uh, his senior year, according to rivals. And he's getting 24 and a half minutes a game. And that's with some foul trouble. He's averaging nine points, four rebounds. He's leading the team in blocks per game at almost two per game. He was getting a lot of playing time. Unfortunately, we heard about this going back to Webster Groves. There seemed to always be some off-the-court stuff, and even on-the-court stuff, just not the easiest kid to deal with. And he transferred from Vianney early on in his high school career as well. And it's just it's just very disappointing for Cartier, for the program. And then you add this with uh, Luis Santos leaving the program. Earlier this year, their front line, you have 268, 250 guys that are no longer with the program. And this was supposed to be the year where SLU really breaks through and makes the NCAA tournament. And you'd have to think it's going to be very, very hard to do that now. Yeah, I think and I don't know the A-10 as well as Rammer, I think they could still be a top three A-10 team, and they could still get into the tournament. I think it's 10, 11 years in a row that the A-10's gotten three. That may not happen this year. But if you're in that top two or three, you could still be an NCAA team, but it's a huge blow. And for Travis Ford, last year you had all of that drama with the kids that were suspended, but they couldn't say their names. And then Goodwin ends up staying. The other kids end up leaving. I mean, if... You don't feel sorry for guys making a couple million bucks. Travis Ford, by all accounts, seems to be a decent guy. I'm sure he's banging his head against the wall today and saying, oh, my God, what does it take here? Now, Mizzou fans know what it's like to have constant heartache, heartbreak, to have big-time recruits that let you down or disappoint for SLU. This is a little newer phenomenon, but this is two years in a row where you had higher hopes and they could be diminished. Now, this year's team, again, could still end up just fine, but that's a big blow. There's no doubt. He was, and he was benched on Sunday. He didn't start, and we were told, because of disciplinary reasons, some stuff in practice they were mad at him about or his attitude or whatever you want to call it. So obviously that didn't sit well. Maybe it was a final straw, but when you read the goodbye, it sounds like everything's great. I love everybody here. I'm out of here. Well, if you really loved it that much, you wouldn't be leaving. And again, two years in fair. a row now where last year you had this sexual incident, this Title IX investigation and again, those things are the most important, obviously, but we're also having a conversation about the basketball program. Because we're shallow. Well, no, there's, there's two sides to everything, and, and there's a personal side, there's a basketball side, and there were high hopes last year, and there are high hopes again this year. And again, they still should be a good basketball team, but you're talking about what now, five players leaving the program in the last nine months or so, and you had a lot of transfer recruits coming in, and then you get a big-time high school recruit like Cartier Gordon who also is one of these players where it's kind of the perfect scenario you thought for a school like SLU because he wasn't going to be a one-and-done guy, right? So hopefully you thought he'd stay for three or four years and be a really good college basketball player and lead you back to the NCAA tournament. And here we are right before the conference opener Sunday against Rhode Island at Chaffetz, and now he's no longer with the program. And I wonder what the NCAA rules are because I'm not clear anymore on how it works. When you transfer, you sit out. They let you – like you can transfer in the summer. They let you play right away. Mark Smith, great example of that. And then Drew Smith, an example where Evansville didn't play ball. But I don't know what the timeline is when you go to the program. If It used to be about a full year. So if you just now got out, and maybe that's significant for him that you get out before the – second half of the season or a new semester of school begins. But I, I'm fascinated to see where he lands. 
and I just hate the idea that he's going to bounce around some more. I hope he goes somewhere, plays the next three years, settles in, has a great career, gets to the NBA. I'm rooting for the kid, but obviously, if you look at the resume, I would say it's unsettled. Leaving programs, getting suspended in high school, and even when we would ask questions all summer long, whether it was Chris May or Travis Ford, we'd be like, how's Carter? He's doing great. He's really, like, I think they were pleased. Everything was going smoothly, but they knew all along that this was possible. I think that's fair to say that they knew things could unravel at any point. It's just the timing of it is pretty bad on the eve of conference play. And and that's the thing. This is not hindsight. There was an article written, of course, he suspended for a little bit last year at Webster's senior year, even though they won the state championship for a fighting incident with his teammate. We all did kind of know all along it was going to be a bit of a dice roll for him to to get to SLU and and stay at SLU. Once he was there, you're thinking, okay, okay, now he's here to stay. It's just so unfortunate. Again, halfway through his his freshman year, and you just wonder sometimes. I know, look, kids, they're 18, 19 years old. You got emotions. You got social media. You got family obligations and responsibilities. Um, and everybody wants to be the star and be the stud, and he was, along with Courtney Ramey at Webster. But again, I mean, when you get to a to a big-time program, an A-10 program, I mean, you're not going to be the guy who's all of a sudden scoring 15 points and 10 rebounds a game. But he was getting a lot of playing time. He really was. Again, nine points, four rebounds, leading the team in blocks. It wasn't like he was out there playing eight minutes. If that was the case, you can understand why a guy, even if you don't want him to transfer, if he's getting seven minutes a game, you say, okay, it's just not working out. He's playing 24 and a half minutes a game as a freshman. Right. Playing time, not the issue. You can always see the kid who was a notable recruit who ends up just kind of riding the pine or who was recruited by the previous coach ends up riding the pine. And you just say to yourself, all right, that kid's leaving. That kid's transferring. This was not a playing time issue. There's no doubt about it. I don't know how much Travis Ford or Slew will end up saying about it. I'm, I'm sure it'll be pretty basic where they say, we wish him the best. We appreciate him coming here in the first place. We're sorry it didn't work out. But for some reason, obviously, it didn't work out. Tough break for the Bills. Is that too trite? No, Tough it's, break it's pretty fair. Bills. Now you wonder, though, and the obvious, the Here obvious it is. Here it is. wonderment is Mizzou, they've been pretty good with uh, transfers from some local type hey, you're, guys. You're unhappy there? All I'm saying. You're nearby and you're unhappy, but if you're Conzo Martin, I think you got to think long and hard, and you got to have if if there's interest from, or maybe there'd been some whispers. Somebody, hey, come down here. I think you have to spend a lot of time vetting that that situation. If I'm Conzo Martin, I like my group right now. Probably going to be overmatched a lot in the SEC this year, but that's a young group. I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, if you if there's enough. On the resume that says things always seem to be a little bit unsettled, then I think it would be fair for Conzo to kind of like tap the brakes a little bit. But he's a straight shooter. You could see Conzo in the room looking him in the eye and saying, are you serious about this? Here's what we're going to do down here. Here's how we're going to do it. I'm not sure. If I'm Conzo, I'm not sure. But somebody's going to give him Absolutely. a second chance. And this, look, it always comes down to talent. And if he's a guy who's your 12th person on the bench – programs and coaches aren't even going to think about this situation. But look, if you have talent and you have huge upside still, you're going to get a second chance in some terms, a third chance and a fourth chance. And Cartier Gordon is 6'8", 240, athletic as hell, potentially has an NBA future if, if things go well. 
and he turns this thing around. But again, one of the top 70 high school seniors in the country last year. He's good enough that absolutely somebody's going to give him an, another chance. You just wonder if it's one of the the local type schools like a Mizzou. Midday grind, five nine of the fan. Martin and Chuck here till one o'clock. The NFL has partnered with Caesars, and I thought of you. That's my buddy actually, who sets all that up. Is that right, Mike Marino, one of my very good buddies who lives in Vegas? He's the CEO, but it doesn't stand for Chief Executive Officer. I believe it stands for Chief Experience Officer. But they just signed a big what? deal. Did LaRusa give them that title? I know. What it does feel very baseball czarish. Although, you go to the casino, you want to have a good experience. experience. That's that what it's all about. sounds like a role that Mike Schilt had in the Cardinal <laughs> organization at one point in time. But Caesars. I, I kind of like that, though. Chief <laughs> experience. Hey, Randy, can I get a new title? I'd like to be the chief experience <laughs> just for the noon hour. The I chief do like experience officer. That title. But they just signed some deals with the New Orleans teams to be the official casino sponsor of the Pelicans and the Saints as well, and now to be the sponsor of the entire NFL, that's pretty darn big. What's the transferable rights for that? Because we have Hollywood Casino here in St. Louis, and when the Pelicans move to St. Louis, I'm sure they're going to want to be the official casino of the Pelicans. That's a good call. Okay. But the NFL has made it very clear this is not about gambling, Troy. This is about the casino experience and the great chefs that they have. (laughs) That's what they said, the great chefs. Restaurants. Restaurants, chefs, resorts. (laughs) Why won't? And you're a great beer selection, great tap selection there. <laughs> hey, we got apps half off during happy hour. <laughs> but don't you Come think on, though? It's gambling. Why won't you're the you're our gambling insider? Why won't the NFL just embrace it? Why won't they? They got the Raiders moving there. Come on, it's Vegas. It's happening. The world's changing. Embrace it. Correct. And the NBA has already embraced it quicker. And look, in America, things do not happen quickly. We we have a lot of different states that feel differently about situations and some people are are a little more conservative than others in terms of gambling and things of that nature so i feel like with this sponsorship it's the beginning like don't you feel like even if you don't allow the gambling and you get into the actual gambling on your sport what's wrong with advertising for casinos right we do this here on the hollywood casino press box right before this show so that's the start you're advertising for the casinos and eventually this is going to happen in every state if not the next what, five years, ten years? It's going to happen, so you might as well get on board. The other great debate in the 11 o'clock hour, NFL football versus college football. On the whole, now Frank was talking about the playoff games this weekend, how all four have captured his fancy versus so many bowl games that had just zero interest to him. The debate, the texters, 855-282-8255 were all about what do you prefer college football, NFL. A lot of people in this town hate the NFL, so that sort of changes the argument. You like to gamble on everything, but I think you're a college <laughs> football guy first and foremost, to be yes, fair. But also, I think that football in general, if you ask people that like to gamble on multiple sports, I think most would tell you that football is the most fun to gamble on, and you can follow football, it. Just but, football in general, but yeah, NFL and college, so that season is the best to gamble, along with, I'd say, March Madness. Like baseball, it's hard to to win, and it's hard to really study all that. I feel like with football, you have 13, 14 games for college. You have 16 games plus the playoffs for the NFL. It's kind of every weekend you can sit down and look at some lines. It's just easier. Baseball, you could spend your whole life, even if you're playing fantasy baseball, every day you got games starting at noon, then you got West Coast games, you got lineups. It's almost too much work. Football which easy. which do you to sit down taking gambling out of it just sitting down and saying I'll watch a random game 
and it could be a, a lame Jags Titans or whatever, or could be Georgia versus Vanderbilt. I mean, what are you more likely to be excited about? Is and because Plowsy and Hoff both said the same thing: college football all the way. Now, Plowsy loves the Packers. Hoffman as a wet blanket has a lot whoa, of things. As a, whoa, <laughs> no, but you have a lot of things. Legitimate reason. I know, but you have a lot of things. I was going to let me finish, Your Honor. <laughs> he has a lot of things that he is either down on or he just outright hates. But in this case, Your Honor, I defend him because the NFL sort of dropped a turd on our town. Yes. So therefore, this is a different situation. But however, you're typically the negative wet blanket of the room. But your despise for the NFL comes into play here. Is that fair? Yes, because I, I saw many bad years of football when the Rams were here. And as because I never grew up with a college football team, I've only kind of experienced, you know, just regular happy things with college football. I, a regular Saturday, happy things. A Saturday has never been ruined for me because a college football team lost. Whereas I did have Sundays ruined. Because the Rams lost. And that has affected my viewpoint of each league. And look, that's what it comes down to. Yes. I think this argument is just like the DH. If you grew up in American League town watching American League baseball, you probably want the DH. And I totally get that. That was kind of me watching Tigers and Indians. You grew up in St. Louis, you don't want the DH. And I totally understand that. For myself, I grew up a huge Ohio State fan. Ohio State has always been good. I've always loved college football more in the NFL, but also I wasn't in an NFL city. And the Lions had no real The sizzle. Lions had Barry, but they were never really good. Wayne Fonts, I feel like, 9-7 and seven every single year. Why do you hate Charlie Batch? And then you had the Cleveland Browns. So I had bad NFL football to watch on Sunday when I got my game. You won a Super Bowl. All right, real quick, is Charlie Batch still in the Steelers? I feel like he's always the Steelers' <laughs> backup. backup. Okay, just checking. He's and like 47 years Sally, old. Solly, before you chime in, flagship station of the New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans. I don't think... I think the Pelicans are on WWL 870, which is the flagship for the Saints. Okay. I wanted to just check real quick. Uh, what about the Raiders flagship in Oakland? Will we know that? I think they're on FM. I think they're on the game. I think they're on 957. I think they're on the game. Do yes. they have a flagship now? Aren't they done in Oakland? Aren't they moving? Well, Greg Papa just else? went to call the 49ers games after I think the Raiders dismissed him. So. Gave Musburger the job. That's how Greg mm-hmm. Papa got blown out for Musburger. And then Ted Robinson just said, I'm moving on to do other things for the Niners, which you don't do if you're a play-by-play Right. Interesting. Martin. Uh, But Hosali was about to say something, and I was hoping to get down a weird wormhole. Yes. I might be the one weird guy who prefers the NFL over college, and I've actually fallen more in love with the NFL with the Rams leaving because eight Sundays a year I was having to trick myself sitting in that dreary, dull Edward Jonestone press box watching mediocre football on the very best of days, and usually even less than that, where I'm trying to take sauce in the buffet, but now being able to (laughs) sit down and watch the Cleveland Browns or any other game I want on Sunday and actually have the time to watch more than a couple Sundays a year, I've actually had more fun watching the NFL now, whereas on Saturdays there's just so much going on, and if I'm going to cover Mizzou... That basically wipes out the day. You've got Blues games, Cardinals games that I just can never get locked in on college. But I've taken great pride and joy in being able to just totally block out everything and enjoy NFL Sundays and fantasy football. It's interesting. The Rams exit, instead of deepening your despise for the league, has actually opened the door to you saying, hey, wow, there's, there's actually good teams out there. I can actually enjoy football. You know what, though? When we were there at the Dome for the, uh, the Dirt Nationals, Oh, yeah. And you had all the dirt down there, but you're sitting up in the press box. Weren't you kind of nostalgic? 
Didn't you miss it? Even if it's not A, it's not top tier, whatever it is, okay, it's better to have a bad NFL team than no NFL team. When I was when I was sitting up there doing that show, I did miss those Sundays. And now maybe also we talk about it more from a media standpoint sometimes because you just that was also the free food at the Edward Jones. Well, not I, just free oh, food. I, really I, miss it. I saw you walk over to that little ice cream I machine did. just in case it still had some remnants. Is this from 2015? The hey, leftover you got the nachos? blue bunny left over there. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Did they get rid of that blue bunny? Um, I don't know. It's just it, it, look. We had a rough one with the Rams. Obviously, I still love the NFL. I understand that uh, teams, uh, people are down in the Rams right now, but. Uh, I still enjoy watching. I still enjoy the red zone. I still enjoy gambling. Random clip that we need to find, secure, and put into the mix here is the Rob Desir sign-off from Atlanta. And it would have been, I guess it was 2008, because I think you were working here. And we sent him down there to cover the Rams and Falcons. They got blown out. They were terrible. (laughs) And he tapes his stand-up. Maybe it was a live shot. I don't know. But it's Sunday night. I'm in the studio. And he does all the post-game interviews. Like, yeah, we lost another game. And he's like, and now, Marty, they have lost 42 of their last 45 or something, like just a horrific stat. He said, for the Lambs, who are terrible, now back to you. And I'm like, we were the flagship station. No wonder they left. We were the flagship station. And he said, for the Lambs, who are terrible. Or that might have been at the Dome. That might have been different from the Atlanta one. Did you get a phone call? No, the Atlanta one, we got emails saying, why would you have an out-of-town reporter covering our team? And I was like, well, he, uh, well, he works here. But I think for the Lambs, who are terrible, it was actually a stand-up at the Dome. Well, hold on. If I'm not mistaken. I don't, have, that listen, on the air. I don't have the best uh, memory, but there were two that I really remember. The one you just mentioned where he said yeah, something along the lines of, and now the Rams have lost a million in a row, but I actually call them the Lambs, who are terrible. Live wherever, Rob Desir, Fox Sports. <laughs> the other one, which was maybe... As funny or more, because on game day, we did the picks, right? Mm-hmm. So we'd always pick three or four NFL games. And then, of course, we'd always have the main game would be the Rams, and you'd have to pick the score. And this is during some lean years for the Rams. So to be honest, there's probably some days where you probably should have predicted like 42-3 to three Rams lose, but you are kind of the, Being polite. the home of the Rams. So maybe if you think they're going to lose by three touchdowns, maybe you say, ah, 27-20, it'll be a I close think they, one. I think they hang in there for a little while. And uh, one of the days, Rob just said, they go to Rob, we throw to Rob for his picks, and he says, Rams lose 52-3. to three. <laughs> <laughs> And he was probably pretty close. We should check. He may have been... <laughs> He may have been underestimating oh. how bad it would be. That's why I am oh. I am sympathetic to Strick at times. Because if you work closely with the team, you try to remain as professional as you can. You can't get caught up in all of the mockery. And, you know, we did at times, and the Rams would get mad. And I said some sarcastic things, and that would be pointed out. But we, for the most part, we did our own thing. We did what we wanted. But you have to be slightly sensitive. To that partnership is what I would call it. Well, the team was really, really bad at the end. Correct. And then, obviously, it gets super awkward when you still have to be the home of the Rams. You do the pregame show. You do the coaches show where then we go through a song and dance of two years where we all knew there was basically a coin flip that the franchise was going to leave St. Louis. That's that's a very awkward position also to be in as a reporter or media member. And that's something, look, we did it, but that's not really a spot I like to be in where you kind of have to – 
respect the check a little bit and the agreement you have, but also knowing that this organization is doing you wrong and doing the city wrong. Do you think you'll be better next year in St. Louis, maybe? <laughs> For the Lambs, who are terrible. <laughs> That's so funny. I would Good like to him. find that clip. Hey, Chuck, it's 2019. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. I am. It is 2019. And one of the most annoying things is people telling you to lose weight. Not that Jess would tell you to lose weight. But even telling yourself, God, i got to lose weight. You know what you should do? Just do it. Go about it quietly. And our friends at Schnooks are here to help you. They're not going to give you some message saying you need to lose weight or how come you've been eating as poorly as you have, Charlie, specifically in the last couple of weeks. No. The idea is... Go in there and just shop smarter. They have the fresh produce, the best in town. That's a great place to start. They also have the Simply Slim magazine. It's free at every Schnooks. Grab it because what do people complain about? Oh, I want something tasty. I want some good food. Get one of those 40 healthy recipes right out of that magazine. Simply Slim is the magazine. Pick it up at Schnooks. Go to the produce section. Get some healthy food. It's really not that hard. Every time somebody loses weight, we say, God, what did you do? And they say, well, I, I just started eating better. I'm like, oh, my gosh. What? what? And working out as well? Working out and eating healthy. It's real simple. You want to plan your meals, shop for those fresh foods, get yourself a few pounds lighter. Do it simply. Simply Slim Magazine. You can eat smarter, eat fresher by simply going to Schnucks. You know the deal. They're all around town. They're also partnering with local fitness centers to help you eat and live well, offering free classes and challenges. Learn more. Visit schnooks.com backslash health. How about that? Taking it to the next step. Nobody's preaching. This is a decision you can make on your own, and your friends at Schnooks can help you do it. You can also enter for a chance to win free groceries for a year. How about that? Fresh start, fresh ideas, fresh produce. It's healthy eating, and it starts at Schnooks. What a way to ring in 2019. You go to Schnooks, make good decisions. And lose some weight. Not you, Charlie. Not you. He's just looking at I'm you not, while I'm talking. Not, I'm He's just talking, talking to you because I'm telling you about Schnooks. I'm not saying you. I'm trying to do this, and it's amazing. Eat better, feel better. It actually works. It all goes together. It's funny because my wife actually bought me, as one of my many great Christmas gifts, a scale. Oh. oh How about that? That is, oh. that is the most passive-aggressive No, it's it's not passive aggressive at all. Oh, it's aggressive. Oh, as one of my buddies said, <laughs> that's a purpose pitch. Yes. That is a purpose pitch, 100%. But it is one of those cool scales. It does the BMI and the body fat and all that. BMI is BS. Whatever. BMI is BS. All I'm saying is it does the body fat. It's a very nice scale. And again, Can I you like- you a food scale, too, to weigh the amount that you're eating? That would be the next aggressive move, I feel like. I what did a good you, job with What that. did you say when you opened it? Oh, I kind of laughed. It's all good. No, I've said this a million times. I like being coached up, okay? Coaches make you better. If you have a mentor in your life or somebody pushing you to eat better or work out more, you're going to be a better person. My wife is much better eating healthy, much better about working out, and thus that rubs off on me, and it needs to even more. And I have to say— I truly, I truly mean that. No, and being around Jess every once in a while when we are invited, Hoff, not on those many occasions— Have we been invited? Not often— but she always is upbeat, energetic, and I think she eats healthy. She's got more energy. Chuck doesn't, comes in here and like, yeah, what do we got? We got any guests? Yeah, that's fine. Let's just mail it in. Different energy <laughs> Total levels. Total lie there. Different energy levels. <laughs> Total lie. And let me, let me tell you, I won't mention names. I, I have a friend. Well, they're not listening because they're back in Toledo. But well, I'm telling you. Hold on, you have a friend? Mention I'm telling name. you, this guy, because I've been friends with him for however, however long it's been, you know, he's 36 years old. Whatever woman he would date, 
or now Mary. If she was super into fitness and eating healthy, he all of a sudden was ripped, running marathons, working out, CrossFit. He was, if he was then with a woman who maybe was not as much in terms of eating healthy and being fit, he would just do whatever she did. And I saw this three or four or five times <laughs> in my life. Whoever he ended up with, he was either going to be healthy because she was or not because she wasn't. Did you ever call him out on it? We've all uh, okay. made some comments. Was it the league called that a boyfriend chameleon, right? Isn't that the term from that, that TV and show? And there are girlfriend chameleons as well. Yes, yes. Uh, friend of the show, Jimmy Powers, who just celebrated a birthday. He just said, I'm on the treadmill right now. Good for, Good for you, Jimmy. Make it, make it a bigger, better, no, smaller, better. Sorry, 2019. Jim just celebrated a birthday. One of the prep gurus on Fox 2's Prep Zone every Friday night, which can be seen except for on Charter. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna figure we'll that out. On that. Plus, yeah, we'll get the gonna... antenna and all that. We're all oh playing. yeah. Hoff can watch us on the antenna. Yeah, and PlayStation View, not off on that network. And let me just say, Austin Seibert, Oklahoma punter kicker, trying to get him on. He said he was gonna do the show. However, he also was meeting with an agent today this at show one p.m. Is more important than a meeting with an agent. I told him that, but look, this guy has an <laughs> NFL future. He's meeting with an agent at one. Something must have happened. Look, we'll get him on. The draft is not till the spring. The show is today. We'll get him on. Belleville West, all-time scoring leader in the history of NCAA football in terms of a Yeah, he said to us, okay? Austin Cyber. Didn't do the show. <laughs> Didn't do the show. He'll come on, all right? Is there, like, because Tom Condon is the agent to quarterbacks. Is there, like, the agent to punters? There probably is a kicker agent out there. I'm going to ask. I'm going to send a text here. <laughs> all right, we're up against it. Got to take a break. Yeah, way up again. Uh, Solomon. St. Louis radio voice for the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, my Memphis goodness. Grizzlies. Look how he stumped Pete them. Pranica still calling their games? No, the radio voice. I'm sorry, the oh. radio home. Oh, the St. Louis radio <laughs> home. Yeah, I'm sorry. Five I was thinking the radio voice. Yeah, 590 okay. the fans. Okay, a trick question. Illinois basketball and football. Radio right home. Right here, 590 the fan, 590thefan.com. There you go. You know my mistakes. Oh, 